0: Good day, and welcome to the Talk It Out podcast. My name is Neil Bailey, and I'm here today with In Focus, Accidentally on Purpose. Getting to know oneself is practical. Accepting oneself is pragmatic. And outside of that, everything else can be just smoke and mirrors. Hey, the music I'm listening to today, I'm beginning with Spyro gyra Jay Beckenstein, really good alto saxophone player I used to try to practice his licks in high school Catching the Sun Shaker song This is Catching the Sun from Spyro Gyra Hope today finds you well And getting better every minute, every breath you take Um, I'm kinda in this loop on this accidentally on purpose thing Because I've been watching a lot of stuff on TV And it's always about, uh, Secrets that turn into this and that turn into that And how secrets can affect everybody else's life Except for more so than the one who has the secret So, when I say accidentally on purpose I'm talking about um, Seems to me a lot of passive-aggressive nature That we sometimes have And for the passive-aggressive crowd Thank God for Twitter Because I know you're happy Anytime you can comment uh, right through a computer without anybody seeing you, or if they are seeing you, but you're right through that computer, you can make any kind of comment you want and then disappear. I know that makes a lot of us happy. It doesn't do it a lot for me, but such is life. So, first, let me let me get this out. Um, I said uh, accepting oneself, getting to know oneself is practical. Uh, accepting oneself is pragmatic. And everything else can be just smoke and mirrors, because if you got, if you do the work on you, and again, no, I'm not, I'm not here to motivationally speak to anybody. I'm just talking. But you do the work on yourself, and you see a little bit clearer. I do. So, the definition. I'm gonna give you a definition. The definition of the word mistake. When used as a noun, the definition of the word mistake. Is an action or judgment that is misguided or is wrong. An action or judgment that is misguided or is wrong. Now, here is the common sense, what I call the common sense definition. If you know something is wrong before you allow yourself to partake or participate in whatever you choose, that's a mistake. So many times, my point being, many times we know we're making mistakes before we make them. But you know what? I always Here's, here's another thing I, I totally believe, too. I believe that um, secrets and mistakes can be intertwined. Secrets and mistakes can be kind of linked together. The difference, however, between a secret and a mistake, many times is getting caught. <laughs> you know, whatever your secret is, if it's a secret... Whatever your secret is, you don't want anybody to know, but if somebody finds out, then it becomes a mistake, whatever that secret was. And we know through all out through our history, anytime things that we didn't know about were brought to the public eye and we did know about it, not that we had to know about it, but if things come out, you proclaim yourself one way and you come out another way, then that secret becomes I made a mistake. Mistakes are really... Uh, they're hard to make, but they're easy to make, too. You know what I mean? For example, let's say... um, you, you, how, but When we had telephones, not these uh, cell phones. But I remember people saying, uh, you know, I tried to call you. Stuff like that. The accidentally on purpose thing. I tried to call you, but I didn't. Well, how does somebody try to call somebody? I know you've heard that before. You've probably said it before. How do you try to call somebody? Either you call them or you don't. Um, passive aggressive things that are starting to really bother me. Hey, you know what else I, I, I'm doing today too? Um, and I'm not saying this to brag because I don't like doing it. But I'm actually uh, sound, soundproofing a, a closet in my house for um, recording purposes. And... Um, I ordered the panels and I'm putting them up on the walls and it's starting to look like a studio, studio kind of thing. And you walk away, you come back an hour and a half later and all the panels are falling down. And I don't know why, and I'm going to get it right. I'm, but I'm not the kind of guy who normally likes to read directions on things and put things together like that, I don't get a big rush out of that unless it's putting a saxophone together. Or something like that. Um, But I'm actually kind of digging this. It's taking longer than I thought. But that's okay. That's okay. I'm actually reading about how to do it. Um, and, And thank God for YouTube. We all do YouTube videos. So I'm YouTubing how to do it. I'm just trying to get the paneling on the wall. I've got all the equipment. But it just won't stick now. So here's the deal. I'm not going back to YouTube or anything like that. I'm going to the store. I'm a brick and mortar guy. Okay. I don't like, you know, I, you can order it off Amazon, but I first want to Home Depot is up the street. So I kind of like going to Home Depot and trying to figure it out right before my eyes and being able to come home with whatever it is I actually need instead of having to wait a day for Amazon to make some money off of me. That's okay. I'm not trying to do that. So I want to get back to what I was saying again. Um, Home studios are hard to build guys. This is, uh, who is this? This is Larry Carlton, excellent guitar player. The song is, um, what is Larry singing? It is, oh yeah, yeah, Smiles and Smiles to Go from his album, Alone but Never Alone. Larry Carlton, really smooth, really, really great musician. So again, I'm saying practical, when I'm talking about being practical, I'm, I'm talking about your everyday self. Okay, I'm talking about being pragmatic. I'm talking about how sensible or reasonable is your everyday self. You know that better than I, anybody. And if you figure that out, then to me, you, you kind of see all the smoke and mirrors when it comes. Um, okay, again, I like to talk from the boardroom and I want you to take this to your breakout room. How many of you guys know people who I, I'm, I'm, I'm reminded of a situation and how I find out, how I learn to find out about myself and how I feel about other people, friends of mine, acquaintances, people you run into, How, not how I feel about them, how I tend to associate with them or interact with them. I remember years ago, and it came to me when I it comes to you know we go through these things. I go through these things. Let me speak for myself. I go through these moments in life where certain things I remember, for one reason or another, there was a time when this happened that was important to me, or had a, an effect on me, or was something that I kind of not that the light went on, but it's just I referenced that and I started using this references time and time after that. Okay, I'm speaking of, I was, um, I used to be a corporate sales manager for Marriott years and years ago. And I had transferred divisions. This is when the courtyard division of Marriott first began. And I remember a very nice young man, I won't use his name, but he's a very nice young man, a couple years younger than me. He was assigned to give me the lowdown on how the sales operation worked. And we spent most of the morning together. Then we went to lunch. And the conversation was good. Until he said something to me Which he was trying to Maybe endear himself to me Or have me endear myself to him But it did the exact opposite During lunch he said Okay Now you know all about the logistics of everything I'm going to tell you Who you can trust And who you can't trust Accidentally on purpose He was telling me From my point of view I can't trust him I just met this guy this day. And again, he seemed like a pretty nice guy. But I have a friend who uh, has a three-time rule. You know, he he hangs out and associates with people more than one time. By three times, he, sh- he will know whether or not he can consider them a friend or not. I and mean, this guy, have been together for three hours and we're sitting down to lunch and he says, I'm gonna tell you who you can trust and who you can't trust. How would you respond to that? Firstly, I, I never feel the need to blast people out you know i you know i'm i'm not that kind of guy um i i kind of compute things and and keep them for when i need them or it just gives me... my point being accidentally on purpose when people tell you about themselves instead of and they're trying to find out something about you how do you deal with that I mean, it's not an issue for me. It happens, it, is, it has happened a lot. And I'm sure it might've happened to you, but you know, I always would tell my sons, someone comes to you and say, hey, let me tell you what so-and-so said about you. That's when you stop the conversation. I could care less what somebody said about me that told somebody else. I know what's true and what's not true about me. If you find yourself accidentally on purpose, Wanting to be inquisitive about what someone said about you or want to know what someone said about you Especially if you like or don't like The person that was said That said something about you You put yourself in that situation Then you find yourself defending yourself For something you aren't even doing You know what I mean How much sense does that make You're arguing against yourself for no reason I kind of like to let those people Have those conversations all by themselves It's a learned experience It took me a while But I don't need anyone to come and tell me what someone else said about me. I don't care. I don't care. Because I know me and what I've done. And 9 out of 10 times when they mention the person's name and you have contact with that person, you can stop it right there. Because accidentally or on purpose, why are they trying to involve themselves in your situations? And how do you handle that? Are you practical about it? Are you your everyday you? Are you pragmatic about it? Or is it just like smoke and mirrors and you don't pay any attention to it? It's a reference kind of like to triggers for me too. Um, If you don't always like to think if I don't control my triggers, if I don't know my triggers, not control them. If I don't know my triggers and someone else does then I put myself at a disadvantage. Or let me just say this. If I don't identify for myself my triggers, I think we all know what, what sets us off one way or the other. But if we don't manage it, for me, if I don't manage it, if that's the right word, that's the right word for me. If I don't learn how to manage it, then uh, I'm turning over that, that power to somebody else. And, and Again, I'm going to end up arguing against myself for no reason. Because I fell for a trigger. Triggers are for real though. They are real. And they're all different kinds of triggers. But I have learned it's not the easiest thing in the world to, uh, for me to not want to confront them. But instead of confronting the people, I confront my triggers. So it works out a little bit better. This um, next song, hey, I'm gonna talk to you about something else too. This is um, so that was Larry Carlton just then. Before Larry Carlton, there was uh, blah, 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 uh, Spiral Gyra. This is George Duke. No, no, it's not. It's, it's Donald Byrd. The song is "Wind Parade." Um, love Donald Byrd. Love his music. Hey, a couple things too. Another thing that makes me... When I got into this accidentally on purpose thing, I've been watching certain shows that kind of put me in this this mind. On Netflix. Um, Netflix has a, a documentary called Girl 27, which is based on a uh, Hollywood Louis B. Mayer studios. In 1937, they had a sales meeting. Because 1937 was the biggest year and I think... Uh, Whatever Studio Louis B. Mayer owned, I know I should know. I forgot it. But it was the biggest box office year they ever had in in their lives. So he decided to bring all the salespeople, because that's how they went. Salespeople, you go to the theaters, and that's how they sold the movies back in that time. And he had all the salespeople come to Hollywood, to Hal Roach's Ranch, for a convention. Yeah. You know what that's like. Well, you probably seen what it's like or heard what it's like 258 guys on a sales convention in Hollywood and apparently for those 238 men they ordered 500 cases of liquor sounds like a party but they also had 125 uh, casting call they had a casting call that day for 125 girls most of them under the age of 20, maybe over the age of 16 or 18, but under the age of 20, and show up also at Hal Roach's Ranch. Um, calamity ensued and some people got hurt. People were raped. It's a very interesting documentary. It, it was a secret because again, back then studios could control everything. So we didn't know about this And a lot of people still are. Just, I'm just finding out about this But it's very interesting It's called Girl 27 There is also a pretty really interesting movie too um, Where things come out accidentally on purpose It's called Doubting Thomas Doubting Thomas It is a movie that is very well Very provocative in thought I don't even want to tell you what it's about Um, although it will challenge, it'll it'll challenge you a little bit. It's very interesting. I'm not going to tell you anything else about it, but it's called Doubting Thomas. I will tell you this. Y'all tell you one thing about it. No, I won't. No, I won't. You'll figure it out on yourself. But it's worth the watch. It's a very short movie. It's called Doubting Thomas on Netflix. It's worth the watch. Two other things. I've seen the Betty Broderick story on Lifetime where Lifetime really did good stories. Years ago, like Betty Broderick, uh, Bitter Blood. Sad stories, because they were based on true events. uh, Dead by Sunset. But these were really when Lifetime was really on a role-making stuff. Um, Netflix has a show called Dirty John. And it's about Betty Broderick. Now, when you have shows that are based on a true story, there is a lot of poetic license taken in areas that we aren't always uh, aware of. If you've seen the Betty Broderick story, you know certain things happen. They can't change the factual things. But this seems to be all from Betty's perspective. Firstly, Amanda Peet and uh, Christian Slade are really good at it. Very good at it. So I'm I'm, like I'm, five or six episodes. You know, I don't know if I'm going to finish it because I know what happens in the end. But I did just get to the part where what happened in the end. So. It's called Dirty John, another show that I saw on Netflix, but never clicked on. But once I clicked on it, I think it's really, really well made. It's called Lincoln Lawyer. And it's based on a movie, I believe with uh, Matthew McConaughey, who drove in the back of a Lincoln. It's very well made. I've got two episodes left on it called Lincoln Lawyer. I can't remember the actor's name out front, but they're all very good cast, really good cast, really good story. I'm interested to see where it goes for the last two episodes. So I don't want to give you anything on that. But okay. The four things again. Girl 27. Doubting Thomas. Dirty John. And Lincoln Lawyer. All on Netflix. Because you know what else I did? I, I got rid of uh, paid channels. Yeah. We're just going to go fire sticks. And smart TVs. As long as I can get uh, news and live sports and the shows I want, when they come on, I can click for what I want. That, that's good enough for me. Saves you a little bit of money, too. Saves me a little bit of money. Okay, so, um, here's the other thing, too. My sons um, are now in 28 and 30. And as a parent, or as an uncle, or as an aunt, so if you pour into your youth all the knowledge, you want to. you want to be there for them at all times. And I wonder if you get a rush like I get a rush. When your kids ask your advice. They want your advice. Or they want to ask you a question about something. Here's the thing I also learned too about that. Again, being practical, being pragmatic. Um, If they ask for my advice, they don't want my opinion. I kind of think they're different things. You know, instead of giving them my opinion all the time. Now... I, I can give him advice and then say, well, if you want my opinion, and you have every right to tell me, no, I don't, Dad. I just want your advice. So I'm saying, how do you handle that? Do you, you know, at what age do you, I'm saying, my guys, we, we talk extensively now, you know, once, twice a week about things that they want my advice on. And I'm duty bound. And discharged from God to, be there for them in the way not not to where it does me good, but to where they understand what I'm what advice I'm trying to give them. So, you know what I don't have girls. And I'm not I'm not mad at that. I grew up with nine sisters, so I'm not mad that I don't have any girls. I wouldn't mind a girl, but I have two wonderful sons. And again and when they were younger I would throw advice at them and they'd have to duck because they'd be coming all the time you know it comes one from the back from the living room his advice from everywhere and I had to learn that they might have heard what I was saying but when they needed it if they heard what I was saying when they needed it and if they wanted to they would pull it out and that's all I could ask for because if you put it in their system you know you can't I would get frustrated sometimes to go, well, why aren't you doing what I said? Sound advice. And and while it was, wasn't the time they wanted to use it. That's not... That's, it's like a blessing. You give somebody a blessing, you can't determine how, what they do with it. Your job is done. This is David Sanborn. The song is uh, Chicago. So, yeah, Chicago from 1987. Um, so, I'm going to get back to what I was saying. Uh, a Chicago song. I'm going get back to what I was saying, too, about this secret and mistake thing. Um, many public eye scandals we see and we hear, we mainly, they mainly contain people being compromised in a situation, okay? Especially if it's a Someone is in the art or entertainment industry Or in politics Many times we, we hear about them being compromised In a situation that probably involves a happy ending Trust me A happy ending Is never a mistake No These people will come out and say I made a mistake Even if that mistake happened 10 or 15 times Or 20 or 30 times Ending is never a mistake. Okay. My point of view. The other thing is, if it's not a mistake, it must be part of human behavior. It's part of it. it's part of your behavior. If I did something repeatedly that, okay, um, let's say I had an aversion to chocolate, which is not true because I'm a very dark-skinned man. I'm talking about candy. If I if I if, if, if chocolate made me break out, okay, and hives or something like that, and I knew that, but every every week or every month I want to eat some chocolate, so I do. I can call it a mistake, but I'm intentionally, accidentally doing it on purpose. You know when I I. I don't want to hear about anybody's scandals. I don't want to hear about anybody's personal business. That's just me. That's nothing I want to get into. But when I do hear things, and when people stake their or make their profile linked to their private life, and then they get caught in a compromising situation in their private life that affects their profile, nine out of ten times it's a secret that got bought out. So that secret becomes a mistake. Yeah, I didn't mean to do it. (laughs) Even if you did it 15 times, that's human behavior, y'all. To me, to me. So unless, unless I could put myself in a situation where I can get everything I think I want, I'm okay. If I put myself in a situation where I can't get something I know I want, I might make a mistake. Maybe, I doubt it. But if something is out of your reach that's part of your makeup, how do you get it? I'm just asking, I'm just asking. Practical me, pragmatic me, then there's all the smoke and mirrors. And sometimes I could be putting those up too, just like you can. Listen, um, I had a teacher. No, not a teacher. I had a supervisor one time back in the hotel business. He did an orientation for a new hotel. And he walked out and he said, has anybody seen Day? And everybody looked around and said, has anybody seen Day? He said, Day must be a guy or a girl that's three feet tall, that nobody has ever hung out with, but everybody knows. The point he was making was that don't come to him and tell him what they said. That passive aggression. Don't come to don't come to me and tell me something that they said unless you can tell me who they is or who they are. Because that's the right English. Um, you know, it's other times you hear people say, "Well, let me tell you about." No, don't tell me about nothing else. Uh, guess what I heard about you? I get that. It- no, nope, no, nope, no, nope. and. Don't defend yourself if you have no reason to defend yourself. Little things. I'm a practical, pragmatic maze of a guy. Not amazing, a maze of a guy. But but I'm digging it. Listen, talk to your family. Talk to your friends. Talk to somebody about this. Go to your breakout room. Okay. Um... If you agree with me, that's cool. If you don't agree with me, that's cool. We are grown-ups. We can talk about things and we might not ever come to agree with it, but we can still talk. Because this is the Talk It Out Podcast. Thanks for listening. Have a blessed and wonderful day, everybody. Be good. Play on purpose. Work hard. Talk to you soon.